Welcome to The Surge, a podcast about all things AmSurge and the ambulatory surgery center industry, where we share insight, news, and conversations relevant to our nationwide network of centers. Join us as we hear from AmSurge leadership, partners, and healthcare experts about the best practices, trends, and strategies that help your business thrive. Now here's today's host, AmSurge Medical Staff Lead, Dr. Jay Pop. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Surge, a monthly podcast designed to both entertain and inform as we present interviews with key personnel and partners and also pass along relevant clinical and healthcare news. I'm Dr. Jay Pop, medical staff lead at AmSurge, and today we're going to talk about colon cancer, how it affects virtually all of us, and how AmSurge and Envision are working to promote colon cancer screening and make an impact on dealing with this preventable disease. I'm delighted to be joined today by two colleagues, Brenda Thompson-Green and Patrick Balicki. Brenda, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your role with AmSurge, and if you don't mind, your personal story about colon cancer. Thanks, Dr. Pop. I started with AmSurge in 2015. I work on the marketing team, and one of the campaigns that I manage is our March colorectal cancer awareness campaign. And I've been doing that for several years now. Interestingly enough, in March of 2017, I was actually diagnosed with stage four colorectal cancer and have been through several years of major surgeries and minor. I've had radiation therapy with chemo. I've had chemotherapy. It's been a a little bit of a challenge. Definitely not something that you volunteer for, (laughs) but when it happens, it's amazing to have the knowledge of working with AmSurge and the support of the company that I've had um, to get where I am. So as I said, I would not have asked for this, but one of the things that has been an advantage being with AmSurge is that now I can use my experience to help others. So more than just a job working on the marketing team at a major healthcare company, I have a responsibility to help others to get screened, to understand what the symptoms are, to take care of themselves and hopefully to make sure that other people don't have to go through the things that I went through the last few years. Well, thanks for sharing that, Brenda. And you you bring an incredibly powerful, very credible voice when you talk about colon cancer, because you can make it personally. And you've really been tireless in your efforts to help us promote colon cancer screening. Patrick, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do on the Envision side. Oh, thanks, Jay. And uh uh, ditto what you said, Brenda. I really appreciate uh, being on with you, and and appreciate uh, you know all the the great work that that you're doing on the advocacy side. Um, my name is Patrick Vlicky, and I'm our head of government affairs for Envision and and AmSurge. Uh, and you know it's, it's my role to ensure that we are able to effectively advocate for our priorities to government agencies and, and legislators at the federal and state level. Uh, deeply engaged with members of Congress uh, in, in the U.S. House, senators in the U.S. Senate, and uh, all the different levels of, of regulatory uh, uh, bureaucracy at 
again, federal and, and down through state departments of insurance and, uh, and other parts of, of that infrastructure. Uh, I joined the organization uh, in February of 2021. So I've been here about two years now. Uh, I had previously worked for uh, the Federation of American Hospitals, representing large hospital systems throughout the country, uh, as well as for two major payers. I worked for uh, uh, both Anthem, uh, now Elevance, and uh, Humana as advocate uh, for, for their uh, in-house policy uh, departments. I got my start on Capitol Hill, worked for a member of the U.S. Senate uh, for about two years, uh, and then a member of the U.S. House uh, as his legislative director for a number of years as well. So uh, I have sat on sort of both sides of the table on, on the advocacy uh, front, uh, but uh, truly uh, hoping to mostly empower folks like Brenda to, to get her uh, firsthand message on the importance of uh, what we do uh, out to legislators and regulators. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks, Patrick. And Brenda, let me go back to you for a minute. When you developed colon cancer, and as you, as you said, you had stage four, um, were you symptomatic or was this the result of screening? It was not screening. I had gone to my doctor and I said to her that I was really tired a lot. Um, and quite honestly, most mothers that I know say the same thing. I'm just tired all the time, right? But I went to my doctor and I said, I'm just really tired a lot. I don't think I'm breathing well. And I think I need some asthma medication, right? Because I thought, I'm a doctor. I've watched it on TV, so I can tell her how to treat me. And I have a PCP who is uh, my primary care, who is just fantastic. And she said, let's do some blood work instead and let's see what's going on. And it turns out that I was highly anemic. Uh, we were losing blood somewhere. We didn't know where. So she sent me for a colonoscopy. Um, other than that, I didn't have any extreme signs that you would think um, are tied with colorectal cancer, the things that you would normally look for, like blood in the stool, or um, honestly, what I couldn't have blood in the stool because I really didn't have much that was coming out. I didn't realize that. That was the way that it was. I think, you know, the important point that you make is uh, you paid attention to symptoms and you were lucky enough to have a primary care physician who listened. And I think what we have found is a lot of patients have symptoms and they either kind of blow them off or they tell them to their doctor and the doctor blows them off. They say, well, you know, you, you may have irritable bowel, which of course is very common. Um, and uh, you are too young to have colon cancer. Um, I'd like for you to speak a little bit about that because you aren't too young. And tell us a little bit about how recommendations have changed for screening. And then, Patrick, I want to go back to you and touch on advocacy a little bit on how we made that happen. Brenda, go right ahead. Absolutely. Well, and you're right. You know, this symptom that I talk about of just being tired or being um, fatigued didn't happen overnight. If it happened overnight and was sudden, then you probably would notice. But these things sort of creep up on us sometimes. And over a period of time, you just, it just becomes a way of life. And I'd gotten to a point where I just didn't want to live that way. And again, I had a fantastic PCP who was listening to me. 
And I've talked to so many other patients that I've met through my journey and through my advocacy efforts who, particularly when they're younger, are ignored by their physicians. And that sounds, that may sound harsh, but multiple, for a lot of reasons, multiple times they've gone to doctors and said, you know, I, I, I'm having issues with this. I'm having issues with that. And they're prescribed medications or they're, um, it's just not considered, um, as a factor in younger people. I was 46 years old. And at the time, the screening age was 50. So I wasn't even to an age where my doctor would talk to me about getting a colonoscopy screening. That just wasn't, it wasn't time for me. And so one of the the biggest things, and that's really sort of what pushed me into advocacy was knowing that there are other people out there who need to be screened and couldn't get it or couldn't afford it uh, because it wasn't covered by insurance and the policy didn't support that legislatively. And I wanted to make sure that people that were younger were being heard. Um, now the, the guideline is 45. And, you know, I know two years ago I was meeting with my congressman and I was saying, how much it meant to me to change that age recommendation. And that has happened over the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm super grateful for that. Well, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, Katie Couric, we all know, did so much for colon cancer screening. Uh, her husband died at age 41 of colon cancer and he had no family history. So he, even he would have fallen through that 45 safety net. But what we've, what we've seen over the last several years is the, the higher incidence of early, what we call early age colon cancer. And the incidence in people that are 45 is the same as it was in people who were 50 when the first screening benefit was passed. So, you know, the word advocacy has been mentioned several times. And Patrick, I want to ask you, you know, how do you define that? You've talked a little bit about what you do. Uh, certainly getting the screening age changed to 45 was a a definite win. I'd like you to speak to that a little bit and, and maybe some other wins that we've realized over the past couple of years. So tell us a, bit, a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, so it's a great question, Jay, because I think it gets to the heart of uh, the, the fact that a lot of folks don't really know what advocacy is or means. And uh, one of the things that I, I talk with folks about a lot is there's a bigger role for advocacy than folks might realize on any given situation. Uh, we're generally trained to look inside our, our box, our, our current sort of space for solutions to problems. Uh, and uh, advocacy isn't always part of that box. So uh, I, I remind folks that there actually may be a policy solution to some of the problems that we may be facing from either a, a business or health or uh, you know, a, a space that we wouldn't necessarily turn to advocacy. I think this is a great example of that, right? Uh, when you see that a, a growing number of folks are becoming uh, uh, afflicted by uh, a condition that hadn't traditionally sort of fallen in that, that age group, right? You're, as you talked about, a migration of younger folks actually starting to be affected by colorectal cancer. Uh, the first places certainly clinicians go are 
you know, how do we work toward prevention? How do we work toward, toward treatment? And those things are extremely important. Uh, but leveraging policy and advocacy is how you move the needle on, on getting more folks screened earlier, right? So uh, when you look at the, the change in, in age coverage for preventative screenings under, under colonoscopies, uh, we were able to leverage uh, something that had been created through the Affordable Care Act, which was essentially empowering the uh, U.S. Preventative Services Task Force uh, to make recommendations on uh, different access to procedures to prevent conditions. And uh, if, if that task force elevated a service to a, a certain level, then it had to be covered without cost, uh, without cost sharing for patients through their insurance. Uh, that was a great opportunity for us to say, hey, this is something that falls in that, that area. USPSTF uh, should really take another look at, at the age recommendations for colorectal cancer screening and expand that to folks in the 45-year-old age group. Uh, and, and after, frankly, a couple of years of advocacy on that and uh, demonstrating its importance, we were able to accomplish that. But that's a, that's a big win. That's really impactful for a lot of folks. Well, you know, Patrick, you mentioned the, the change in the recommendation, and uh, we, we all are reminded of the fact that the American Cancer Society made that recommendation in 2018, but it's the USPSTF that kind of dictates policy, and that took several more years. But the other thing I want to touch on is, you know, you talk about a law that was enacted in 2010, and we're finally getting the, the fruits of the, of the labor of that act. I think about my early days of, of lobbying in Washington, where we were trying to get colonoscopy approved as a screening benefit. And that took eight years of knocking on doors. And, you know, you, and, and I've said this so many times, you, you have to be persistent. Uh, you have to get your message heard. And along those lines and getting our message heard, uh, in addition to what you do, Patrick, Brenda, tell us what you're going to be doing in March in Washington. So in March, I'm working with a, an organization called Fight Colorectal Cancer, and they are the nation's leading advocacy organization for colorectal cancer. And over 200 advocates from across the country will meet in Washington. We have a, there's an, an installation that they're going to do on the National Mall, which will help to draw attention to the fact that um, a a large number of patients are going to be diagnosed in the very near future who are under the age of 50. And then we're going to meet with our representatives on the Hill to talk about our issues. And I will have the opportunity to give my elevator speech to explain, you know, why it matters to me. And, um, I've, I've worked really hard to boil down my passion to, you know, a two minute sermon, <laughs> but I'll speak to them about what my issue is and what my history is. And one of the things that we are asking for specifically this year is funding for a dedicated line of budget for research for colorectal cancer within the Department of Defense, which will help to support uh, research that involves people who are of a younger age. When you think about the Department of Defense and you think about that demographic, you're talking about a lot of young soldiers 
who will give us great access to younger people for research. So we're looking for some specific dollars dedicated to that. And we're looking to make some progress in research funding. And, you know, going back to my original reason for advocacy, we have to figure out why younger and younger people are getting colorectal cancer. And this research is really the only way that we're going to get there. So. Yeah, we really don't have that answer, Brenda. Uh, you know, we've made this observation and there are a lot of theories that have been put forth, but we're talking about the second leading cause of cancer death in this country. We're going to have over 150,000 Americans develop colon or rectal cancer this year, and over 50,000 will die. And the points you make about the young getting it, over 10% of those patients will be under the age of, of 50. So um, this is a very, very important point uh, that, that I appreciate giving me the chance to make. Um, Patrick, you know, getting back to advocacy, and, and certainly Brenda is taking an active role in this. So if I come to you as a gastroenterologist, um, what can I do to help? Or if I come to you as just a, a citizen who's very interested in colon cancer, and you know, a lot, of, a lot of people get interested in it because they either have a personal story like Brenda, which is very personal, or they have a relative or a friend and they start thinking about it and they say, gee, what is being done about this? How can I help? Um, what, what would your advice be, Patrick? What do we do about that? Yeah, so there's there's a saying that eighty uh, percent of success is showing up. Uh, that is especially true for advocacy, uh, and especially true when it comes to uh, you know policymakers and and elected officials. Uh, I think there is a uh, a trap that folks fall into uh, where they think that as you know one person uh, and and uh, you know in this big uh, governmental architecture, how much can I really do? Uh, and I can tell you, you can do a lot, but you have to show up. Uh, first of all, to, to Brenda's point, uh, there there are other folks just like you who want to be engaged. I alone, and I, I would challenge anybody to find any issue that they care about uh, in which they would truly be alone in in pursuing advocacy. Uh, so first, show up, right? Uh, if you've identified an issue, and frankly, whether it's uh, an issue that's important to Amsurger and Vision or something that you just care about, there is a, an advocacy group uh, that revolves around that issue. Find that group, get involved, uh, and then show up in front of your legislators. Uh, go and talk to them and their staff and talk about why this is so important. Uh, truly, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. You, you've got to show up and show up often. Uh, and it is easy to get frustrated, as as you know, Jay mentioned. Eight years of advocacy to get through an issue. Uh, sometimes it takes a long time, but persistence and understanding of of that issue, and having a really compelling story to tell about how that legislator that you're talking to can make a meaningful impact, that matters, and and that can really move the needle. Um, so so get involved. Don't get discouraged and, and seek out others that can help to amplify your message. Those are great points. And I can tell you from a personal experience of many trips to the Hill, um, they really listen to patients. They listen to constituents. 
And yeah, they listen to healthcare providers in general, but if a patient can tell a story like Brenda, uh, that is so very meaningful. And in some of the advocacy efforts, and Brenda, thank you, thank you for what you're doing in Washington, but what can people do locally? Brenda, how about a chance to talk about an upcoming event in Nashville? Absolutely. One of the things that we are doing this year is we are supporting the Colon Cancer Coalition, yet another nonprofit, um, but they are hosting a 5K Get Your Rear in Gear walk in Nashville. And we've got about 85 people on our team so far who are going to walk a 5K, or maybe some of us might crawl, depending on what our capabilities are, right? Or some of us might do it virtually. <laughs> and we have, exactly. And some people will do it virtually. I don't know what kind of tracking there is included in that. So don't let that scare you. Uh, but we are, we've been doing this just to try to increase awareness for the, the disease and also um, create a little bit of funding locally to help support patients and, and uh, survivors who need that support in our area. So we're very excited to be included in that. And there, uh, the, I think the thing that we're most excited about is the giant inflatable colon because everyone wants to walk through the giant colon and see uh, what it all looks like inside. What a great opportunity. Um, well, you know, you mentioned the, the role that AmSurge is playing and certainly Envision has played an active role as well with our involvement with advocacy organizations. But one other point I'd like to make is we have partnered, we as a company have partnered with Mount Sinai in New York over the last few years, looking at our data. And we have a very, very rich data source that we can mine and we have done so and produced a couple of publications. The first one looking at early age onset colon cancer. And what it did was confirmed what the papers tell us that younger folks are getting cancer. And we know that uh, if we just look at our own statistics, um, patients are not getting screened at the appropriate age. So for several years, the AmSurge needle has been stuck at about age 58 when patients come in for their first colonoscopy. Well, that's no longer eight years late, that's 13 years late now that the age has been lowered to 45. But I'm, I'm really happy to report that we, we have been able to, to move that needle in the right direction over the past couple of years. And now it's about 56. We still have a ways to go, but I, I, I think it's an important point to make that uh, we as a company are doing our part, not only from an advocacy part, but also on just advancing the literature uh, so that there's something that people can look at. Uh, the other thing we're looking at is whether there are differences in detecting polyps or cancer based on the uh, race and gender of, of the endoscopist or the patient. You know, and when we come to meetings with this, people are very impressed that we as a company are taking time to roll up our sleeves and say, hey, this is really not part of our job, but we want to promote what we can do to advance the agenda of colorectal cancer screening. So um, we're, we're kind of getting a little short on time here, but I, I want to give you both an opportunity uh, to make any other comments or closing comments you'd like to make. Brenda, let's start with you. Absolutely. Um, I want to I want to dovetail off of what you were just talking about with the Mount Sinai partnership. 
um, at AmSurge, we have been really looking at that data that that you produced and the, and the work that you did in that research. And the marketing team has been using that in a lot of our marketing efforts. We, our goal the last couple of years has been to lower that screening age within our network. Uh, and we're, we're seeing some progress, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease uh, to what Patrick said earlier, but it also applies with the work that we're doing. So our goal by the end of 2023 is to drop that age to 55 which is still a 10 year gap. It means there's still a lot more work to do. Um, hopefully that means I'll, I still have a job, right? But we, we have to focus on lowering that age. And that's, uh, I think we're all committed to that and committed in a lot of different ways. So March for me uh, to sum it up, I guess when I was, when I was a child, and we won't talk about how long that was ago. I think I've already pretty much given up my age, haven't I? So when I was a child, I used to watch Schoolhouse Rock and the little story about the bill on Capitol Hill and the song that he sang. That that was for a long time what my picture of Washington, D.C. was like. <laughs> so understanding how the government works was based on that and um, that sort of instilled in me an idea that if there's something that needs to be changed, then we have to do what we can to change it. And so, um, you know, it's great chatting with you, Jay, hearing the physician side of it and, and your experience with advocacy, because obviously you have the experience, you've seen it you've seen it in a lot more people than I have. Um, and Patrick's background working on the Hill and sort of receiving that message and then having to turn that into, you know, something impactful, um, that can make change. And then I feel like little old me out here trying to climb up those steps at Capitol Hill and, and just like in Schoolhouse Rock. But I think that it's, fantastic that we are fortunate enough to be supported by the company and, and also be swimming in the same direction to, to make some change. So thanks to you guys for your work and thanks for the opportunity to share my story. It's why I'm here. Thanks so much, Brenda. Patrick, let's give you a crack at it. Yeah. So I think uh, the, the main takeaway here is that you know, I, I obviously spend a lot of time talking to legislators, policymakers, all of that. But at the end of the day, uh, all I'm I'm really here to do is empower the stories of our own people and uh, pursue the goals of of our organizations and and the people in them. So uh, I can only be as effective an advocate as as the folks within the organization. I rely on on all of y'all to make sure that we have a compelling story, and and I know. Uh, you know, where, where we need uh, to improve the environment. So please don't hesitate to, to be in contact with me and, and make sure that I'm aware of, of any big priorities that, uh, you know, may not be uh, addressed yet from a, a policymaking perspective. And even if there's some frustrating thing that you may not immediately think of as a, a policy concern, 
there might be a, a an angle there, right? There might be a way for us to get at something that is a hard net to crack uh, through effective advocacy instead. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I don't think uh, folks realize quite how impactful they can be. And uh, I am hopeful that uh, folks will, will take this as a good sign that you can do a whole lot more than, than you might think. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. And, and I want to finish with an exclamation point on screening. And Brenda, you mentioned my experience over my practice career, and I, I saw way too many patients with colon cancer, including very young individuals, and I remember them very, very well. And I always uh, was very saddened by the fact that I, I saw many patients who were over the age of 50 or had a family history who hadn't been screened and present with stage four disease. And we know that if you find the disease at an early stage, it's 90% curable. Um, not only that, it's we can prevent over 60% of those 55,000 deaths that are estimated to occur this year. So screening works. Uh, colonoscopy is the only test where we can detect and remove precancerous growths called polyps. Uh, but our final message is to get screened. There are many ways to do it. Uh, take it upon yourself to not only get screened, but tell three of your friends or three of your family members and um, you know, use the old telephone chain technique and let's really do something positive. So uh, thanks for very much for listening. Patrick and Brenda, thanks for your participation. Um, and this is J-Pop, Medical Staff Lead for AmSurge, saying thanks again for listening to The Surge. Thank you for listening to The Surge. If you have any questions about this podcast or suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at communications at amsurge.com.